Jesus. Good morning, family. It's good to be together. It's good to worship Jesus together. Um, and I uh, feel so happy that God is doing amazing, beautiful things in this community, even though we're going through, as Nina said, some of the strangest, hardest times probably that many of us have faced. But we know that the kingdom of God does not stop. We know that God is at work in our lives, in this country, in our workplace. He is at work in us. And we're so glad to be in the presence of God and sing to him together, worship him. I don't know if you had an easy week. I don't know if you had a hard week. This wasn't definitely the easiest week. Jade, at the end of the week, she fell a little bit sick. Uh, Gabby and, and my daughter, she um, she kind of got the flu this week, so you can imagine what is a one-year-old with snot in her nose and not being able to breathe properly, and no one gets to sleep properly at night. But God is good. And these little gems and the, the precious things that God has given us in life are everything that we need. All that we need is definitely God. And he is with us and strengthening us and comforting us. And whatever it is that we're all going through, today I believe we can all declare from the bottom of our hearts, God is good. And he is good to us. And today we'll, we're going to enter a new teaching series here at Riverside Lisbon that is all about the Holy Spirit, as you can see on the screen. The Holy Spirit isn't supposed to be a stranger, especially to the church. The Holy Spirit is central in the, in the biblical narrative, and he is central in our lives as Christians. It's impossible to do Christian life without the Holy Spirit of God. Thomas Arnold, this author, he said, he who does not know God, the Holy Spirit, cannot know God at all. And this is a very important sentence. And we can back this up with the word of God. In Acts chapter 19, it says the apostle Paul was traveling and passing by the city of Ephesus when he met a small group of disciples, of believers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they simply replied, well, no, we didn't even know there was such a person as the Holy Spirit. So Paul spent some time with them, teaching, praying for them in order for them to receive the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And that is, this is why it's so important for us as a church, as a community, to dive into this very important and essential teaching about the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to talk about doctrine, yes, the foundations of our beliefs as Christians, because, and this is absolutely truth, in Christian life, we cannot live what we do not know about. We cannot live out anything about regarding salvation, about Jesus, about Holy Spirit, about the Word of God. We cannot put those things that we know into practice if we do not know them. So as we go into the word of God this morning, as every time we come on a Sunday morning, hopefully expecting to hear the word of God, expecting to know what God is going to do, I believe today and, and the next few weeks are going to be so important for us all to be expectant about what God is going to tell us this morning. We don't want to miss out on the one of the greatest gifts that God 
has given you and me that we can enjoy today. The Holy Spirit is such an essential and important person in our lives. And hopefully, even if you don't understand and if you don't have entered yet a relationship with the Holy Spirit starting this week, you will start opening your eyes to the beautiful things and the gifts that this Holy Spirit has for you. So Jesus introduces us in a special way to the person of the Holy Spirit. And while Jesus was fulfilling his ministry here on earth, he said, and we're going to read together in John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17. And it says, Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus clearly introduces us, the Holy Spirit, as a person. Jesus is speaking about the world cannot accept him, neither sees him or knows him. He is not talking about a strength or a force or someone that doesn't have a personality. No, it's him. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a person. And Jesus introduces him and describes this person with these words. He's another helper. Now, it may seem that Jesus is not putting too much emphasis on this person. He's just another helper. But actually, Jesus is telling very important things with this statement. So we have to go back to the Greek, the original language that uh, the New Testament was written in order to understand this. So what Jesus is saying when he says another, it's the Greek word halon, which means another of the same kind. There is another word in Greek that Jesus apparently could have used, which is eteros, but it's another of a different kind. What Jesus is saying is that this another helper is the same kind as he is. Because Jesus had, had come because he is our helper. He is our savior. He is the comforter. Jesus is the one that gave his life for us. But because he was going to give his life for us on the cross, because he was going to resurrect from the dead, he was going to ascend into heavens and not be physically with us again. He said, I will ask the father and I will send you another helper. Now, this helper is not something different from what I am. It's the exact same kind as me. This Holy Spirit is the helper. And if we want to know who he is, if we want to be introduced to him, this is what Jesus is saying. This helper is the exact same kind as me. If we introduce, and we are introduced to a lot of people, especially if you're just arrived in Lisbon, you will get to know many different people, people you've never met before. But in your minds, you associate new people with the people that you already knew in the past. And you think about people, well, this person is just like that other person. And hopefully it's a good thing. The people will remind you of good people with good traits, things that you like. But when Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit, it's exactly like that. You have this relationship with me. You know who I am. You know, uh, you know the role that I play in your life. Well, I'm going to send you another. I'm going to send you another that is exactly like me. And this other word, helper, 
is also a very important one. It's the Greek word parakleton, a word that means call to one's aid. It can be translated as advocate, intercessor, counselor, comforter, helper. If you go into different English translations of the word of God, you will see all of these different words describing because it's such an important word, it's so hard to put into words, but it essentially means this, someone that is called to one's aid. It's used also in the legal aspect, in a court of law, it's the testimony, it's the evidence that someone gives for your benefit. Because the Holy Spirit is someone that is called to be by our side. He is the one that testifies about us. He is going to be the closest friend that you will ever have. He's not just there to help you in your circumstances. He is going to be there to listen to you, to comfort you, to understand your heart. And no one understands your heart better than the Holy Spirit. So when we meet Jesus, we know that he stood at our, by our side. We know that Jesus, because of his love for us, that he died on the cross. There's no greater love than this, than someone dying and be willing to die in your place. And this kind of love and this kind of relationship that we have with Jesus, Jesus is saying, I want you to have this close relationship with this other helper, the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be physically with you for a while, but I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to ask the Father to send you another helper, someone that is going to be with you 24-7. I will not abandon you. I will not forsake you. I will not be here physically, but you will have my presence with you just the same, always. But in this passage, Jesus also speaks about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. And we know that a spirit means that this person is invisible, is immaterial, incorporeal. And it's interesting that, that because he is spirit, the world will not accept him because they cannot see him, nor they can know him. And I was thinking about this passage and how this is so important for us to realize. If we know and love and serve a God that does not have material substance as we do, shouldn't this affect the way that we relate to this material world? It should, because the most important things in our lives are not material. And if we love God, and if this person that we love and this another helper that we're gonna receive, the Holy Spirit, are spiritual, our spirit, and they, they don't have a physical body, well, it definitely tells us that the most important things in life are not material, they're spiritual. And the Holy Spirit of God offers us the truth. He is the spirit of truth. While in the material world, there are many things that look like real and truth, but they're not. And, and, even, uh, and we value what is, what is real, but if you go, for example, to buy a diamond, you really need to be a connoisseur to understand what a real diamond is in order not to buy a fake one. And it's hard for us to understand what is truth in the material world. But in the spiritual world, it is very clear. Only the Holy Spirit, only the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. 
If you want to know the truth about God, if you want to know the truth about life, if you want to know the truth about yourself, your own heart, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' desire for us is to enter a relationship with this person of the Holy Spirit, similar to the one that we have with him. So what else can we learn about this helper? And in this passage, Jesus calls him Spirit of Truth. The Word of God has different uh, names for him, calls him Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, and they all describe different traits of his personality. But the Bible reveals that the Holy Spirit shares the same divine attributes as God the Father and God the Son. The Holy Spirit is eternal. And we can see that in Hebrews 9.14, it says, by the help of the eternal Holy Spirit. Eternal means that the Holy Spirit does not have a beginning and does not have an end. And we know that this is the question every single kid has asked. Where did God came from? And then we all give the same answer. Well, God has always been there. He has no beginning and he has no end. But we all know how hard it is to grasp this idea of God because we're not eternal. We're finite human beings. We have a beginning. We're going to have some sort of end. And the God's purpose is that we're going to be living together with him. But only God is the one that has no beginning and has no end. How is it possible for us? How would ever be possible for us to fully understand the, eter the eternal God that we serve? But that's why we both need logic in our faith, but we also need to have faith. We have to believe when the word of God says that God is eternal. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were always there. They have been together in existence forever. So the Holy Spirit, it was, he wasn't someone that was just created in order to be sent. The Holy Spirit always existed. The Bible continues saying the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. In Psalm 139 says, where can I go to get away from your spirit? He is present everywhere at the same time. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. First Corinthians 2 says the Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit knows about everything. Nothing can ever be hidden from him. And the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. The Holy Spirit has all the power. You won't succeed by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. The Holy Spirit has all the power. He was in the beginning of creation. The Bible says he could, the world was created by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is still renewing the earth. So there is nothing that the Holy Spirit himself cannot do. And finally, the Holy Spirit is it's in his name. He is holy. Only God is holy. The Bible says time and time again, only God is holy. So these divine attributes of the Holy Spirit and the same ones that are shared by God the Father and, and our Lord Jesus Christ, they're the ones that give us this confidence, absolute clarity that the Holy Spirit is God. And in John chapter 14, the passage that we read this morning, and we read 
In other passages that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, that he is everywhere at the same time. But at the same time, we read that the Holy Spirit was sent because his omnipresence speaks about his deity because he is God. But his sending by Jesus Christ speaks about the mission. What is, in fact, the Holy Spirit doing today? Why is it important for us to get to know him? Why is it important for us as church to acknowledge him? Why, what a difference does it make in our lives that the Holy Spirit was sent when Jesus ascended to heaven? And he is essential, and it's so important for us to understand today. We read about the Holy Spirit, and the first time that we read about the Holy Spirit wasn't in this passage of John 14. If we open the Bible in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is three-fourths of the whole Bible. Even before Jesus Christ, we can read and learn about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But what Jesus is introducing us in the New Testament there are a few things that are different from the Old Testament, but let me share with you very quickly what can we learn about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It says that the Holy Spirit participated in creation. As I said, he was there. The first two verses of the Bible say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the second one says that the Holy Spirit was there hovering in the surface of the waters. So the Holy Spirit is right there in the beginning. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives life to humanity and the other creatures. So he is the one that gives life. He's the one that gives the breath of life that renews the earth. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. He convicted people that understanding that we get in our hearts when we sin, when we go outside of God's will for our lives. That is something that the Holy Spirit did also in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit came upon certain judges, warriors, and prophets in a way that gave them extraordinary abilities. When you read in the Old Testament, you see the, the lives of so many important people in the Bible, like Joshua, Othniel, Gideon, Samson, people that say they had the Spirit of God. They were filled with the Spirit of God, and because of that, they were able to do incredible things. Incredible miracles even, and they delivered the people of Israel. The Holy Spirit also spoke to people and inspired them to speak on behalf of God. These are the prophecies in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, you find several books of prophecy that were written by men, yes, but the author is the Holy Spirit. They were inspired by God to say and declare what was in the heart of God. But now in the New Testament, when Jesus came and he introduces us to the Holy Spirit, and in this passage of John 14 that we've read, the last verse 17, it says, But you know him, talking about the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you and will be in you. Because in the past, and that's what we read many times, that the Holy Spirit was with people. 
And because of his presence, incredible things have happened. And God was active in the world, and so many people experienced the glory and the power of God in their lives. Well, what Jesus is saying now is that not just the Holy Spirit will be with us, but that he will be in us. It's not going to be a temporary thing. It's not just going to be for a specific purpose that God has, that he's going to fill some people with his spirit. The Jesus is promising the gift that the Holy Spirit of God will live in us. His presence will be in us. And it's something that is really different from what we see before. This is a much deeper relationship than anything that anyone in the Old Testament has ever experienced. It's a gift because you and I, we do not deserve the presence of God in our lives. It's a gift because it's given by the grace of God to everyone who believes in Jesus. And it's also a promise. Jesus is saying, you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. If you believe in Jesus... If you recognize who Jesus is in your life, if you've embraced him, if you know that he is your Lord and Savior, the Bible promises you 100% sure that the Spirit of God will come to live in you. And this is a present from God. This is a gift from God. And it's a promise for everyone who believes in Jesus. But why do we need the Holy Spirit again? So we have Jesus. And we have accepted him because he loves us. He died for us. He resurrected from the dead. Jesus said he has all the power in heaven and earth. So why sending the Holy Spirit to live in us? Why is the Holy Spirit relevant for the life of a believer in Jesus Christ? And the answer to this question is probably the most important fact in your spiritual life. The answer to this question is going to define your identity and the way that you are living. Many times people say that they're, they're trying to be closer to God. And even Christians, sometimes we don't feel as connected with God as sometime in the past. The answer to this question that we're going to ask, why do we need the Holy Spirit? And what is his role? Why did he have to come sent by our Lord Jesus Christ? It needs to be the answer to our identity and to our purpose. And in one word, the word that answers this question is regeneration. Regeneration, a word that many times it's called in the Bible, being born again. And let's read together John chapter 3 and start in verse 3 as well. It said, it says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. 
You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Again, for, in order for us to understand exactly what Jesus is talking about, Nicodemus was very confused by Jesus' uh, wording. What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean? I mean, I'm an old man. I'm I supposed to go back into my mother's womb. That's not going to happen. How can you tell me that in order for me to enter the kingdom of God, in order for me to have anything to do with God, to restore whatever it is that is missing in my life, that I know it is God, how can you use those words that don't make any logical sense to me? But every time that Jesus says something that we do not understand, at the first time that he says it, we need to listen to it a second time. And we need to listen to it a third time. And we need to ask people. And we need to ask questions to the word of God. God, what does this mean? What did Jesus want to say when he said that we need to be born again? And the word of God answers those questions. And for us to understand what Jesus is talking about, we need to go back again to the Greek. And the original words in the Bible, they give us very a very good understanding of these questions that many times people have because they don't understand what, what Jesus is saying. But for us to understand what Jesus is saying, we need to know how the New Testament uh, uses the word life. How does the New Testament in the Greek word, what, how they, they talk about life? So in Greek, there are three words that can be used to talk life. They're translated as life in the English language. The first one is bios. It means the physical, the natural life, everything that we can see. And it, its use, it's in, for example, in Luke chapter 8, 14, anxieties and riches and pleasures of this life. So it's talking about the physical life. There's another word that is psuche uh, that refers to the life of the human soul. That is our mind, our emotions, our feelings, our will. And it's the word, and we can find this word in, for example, John 12, 45. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who love their individuality, what they want, with people that put themselves first and above everything else, they're going to lose their lives. And that is a warning that Jesus gives. So psuche is actually where the word psychology comes from. But there's a third word. That is zoe. And it means eternal, divine life of God. And this is the word that Jesus is talking about when he wants us to understand that we need to be born again. In order for us to enter the kingdom of God, we need to be born again. It's not being born again with bios life. It's not being born again with psuche life. It's being born again with zoe life. And in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. This life that Jesus is talking about is Zoe life. It's life that is the divine life of God. God created you and me not just to be physical human beings, not just to be uh, uh, emotional and, and mindful human beings. God created you and me to be spiritual human beings. And spiritual, it means that God created us to receive the life of God in us. 
And this is where most people fail to understand is that in order for us to follow Jesus, in order for us to enter the kingdom of God, in order for us to God to work in our lives, in order for anything to happen between us and God, we need to be born again. And being born again means to receive Zoe life from God, to receive the life of God in us because he made us specifically for this purpose. We all have natural life. We all possess souls, but we only receive Zoe life when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us with this new life, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, this work that the Bible says that he comes to regenerate us, to give us new life, to impart us the life of God in us. This is the original intention of why he created us. This is very different from thinking that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they came in order to improve our lives, in order for us to live better lives, in order for us to live more comfortable lives. No, that's not the point. The point of Jesus coming, the point of the gift of the Holy Spirit is that we will receive the very life of God in us. And that changes everything. If you and I, we fully understand that the purpose that God wants is to live in us, live through us, fill us with his presence, with his love, with his grace, with, with the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, knowing that we belong to him and we do not belong to anything else, this is the gift that changes everything. It changes everything for me. It changes everything for you. He, we don't receive this by our human efforts. We don't receive this because we're trying to be better people. It's a gift that Jesus is willing to give to anyone who accepts him. And I just want to share with you a few things that the Holy Spirit does, what this regeneration means. What does it mean to have the life of God in you? We're going to be talking about this for the next week. So there's plenty, believe me, believe in the word of God. There's plenty that you and I, we need to learn about what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to belong to God? What does it mean to have the life of God in us? But believe this that I'm saying because that's what the word of God says. We are desperately in need of more of God in us. We need more of God in us. And as we sang this morning, we need less of us and more of him. And if it, this means that he's going to take things away from us in order to fill us and fill us more with his spirit, so be it. And we need to live expecting this. What does it mean to be born again? What, what is the Holy Spirit doing in us? To be born again means that I'm a new creation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive this new life, the Bible calls you, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away. 
They're part of the past. They're part of a different life because now you have received a new life with God, a fresh, brand new life that is a gift from God. So the life that you live today is the life that God wants you to live. It's the purpose-filled life. It's the great, the amazing life that can only come by the Spirit of God. Again, the Holy Spirit is not bringing a fix to your life. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a brand new life. Zoe life. To be born again means that I'm a child of God. In John chapter 1 says, But to all who did receive him, Jesus Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Because you are born again, you are made into a child of God. That is why we are created and we need to be born again in order to become children of God. And finally, to be born again means that we are saved. In Titus chapter 3, it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. When, when we embrace our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when we recognize our need of God and we accept the answer that God is giving us for our salvation, the Holy Spirit starts a beautiful work in us. This washing a regeneration, this renewal of the Holy Spirit in us. Everything that was dried, everything that was empty, everything that was pur purposeless, everything that is dark, every little nook in our hearts that has is full of sin, is, is full of anxiety, is full of fears. Every little thing in us, the Holy Spirit comes and starts a work of washing, of renewing. He goes into the areas of our hearts and souls that we are not even aware that they exist. But the Holy Spirit comes and start doing a work that is so new in us. We become a new creation. We become children of God. And we can know for a fact that we are being saved by God. I want to invite the worship team to come. There's so much to say about this. And I really hope that as we open the word of God and as you see the riches of the person of the Holy Spirit, that God's purpose is that you will live to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit, that you will live to embrace and live with the Holy Spirit, to receive the purpose, to receive the peace, to receive the joy, to receive this renewal that we are all desperate to receive from God. I pray and I hope that as we finish this morning, as God willing, we'll continue to speak about the Holy Spirit in the coming weeks. Is that we will all answer this question honestly. Are we living in the Spirit of God? Are we attentive to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Is our kind of Christianity just about what I do and what I try to accomplish and try to use God in order to better my life? 
Or am I willing to allow God to come and change me and transform me, to wash me, to create me anew, to make me the person that he created me to be, someone that is filled with the presence of God. Sometimes we're, I know that in the busyness of life, in the craziness of life, we kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is right here with us. He is everywhere. And I believe if you embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he already lives in you. But we need to be reminded of his presence. We need to be reminded of the work that is he is accomplishing in us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, people who are ruled by their desires think only of themselves. Everyone who is ruled by the Holy Spirit thinks about spiritual things. If our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. But if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, we will have life and peace. And I know this is what you're looking for. I know this is what I'm looking for. We need life. We need peace. We weren't designed to live without them. But we can have access to them. We welcome the Holy Spirit. If we welcome Jesus Christ to save us, if we embrace this promise and gift of God that is the very life of God to live in us, so that we're not just living natural lives, we're not just living in our emotions according to our minds anymore, but God is calling us to live in His Spirit, by His Spirit led by him, guided by him, comforted by him, helped by him. He is, he wants to be everything that you need on a daily basis. Will you stand up with me? If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, and maybe this is quite new and you feel a bit overwhelmed, but you understand that Yes, if you need life and peace, you need the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You need to embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we want to help you, whoever you are, however you find yourself today, God wants to save you and give you the gift of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. And he wants to give you the very life of God inside of you that starts making you a new creation that fills your life with love and peace and hope, but you need to embrace Jesus Christ. We'll be more than happy to walk you in, walk with you in this journey. At the end of this service, you can speak with Pedro, you can speak with Don, you can speak with Jamil, you can speak with me. Speak with someone. Hey, how can I receive Jesus in my heart and life? We're here to help you with that. And But maybe you haven't been making your priority to live in this spirit. You know about him. You've studied about him. You read the word of God. You know that he exists. But you feel empty. You feel that God is still distant. The Holy Spirit is the promise of God that God will never be distant. God is going to live with you and God wants to live in you. 
And we need to accept this promise. We need to be thankful for this promise. And we have to embrace this gift. So I'm going to pray for us this morning. If you've been feeling separated, if you've been feeling disconnected from God, if you've been living Christian life according to your own efforts, welcome this morning the gift of the Holy Spirit. And let's pray together as we welcome Him once again, Lord. You know who I am. You know how, how I've been living. Fill me once again with your Spirit. Renew in me the presence of your Holy Spirit. I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that you love me. I believe that this is a gift that you want me to live with. Please, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Help me believe in the presence of your Spirit. Father God, we're grateful for another opportunity you've given us to open your word. The word of truth that is a light unto our feet that helps us understand the way that we need to walk, the way that we need to live. Thank you, Lord, that the words that we're speaking about aren't just words that were written years and years ago that have no meaning or purpose today. Your word is the word of life. Your word is the word of truth. Your word is everything we need in order to know you and to live for you. Lord, and as we spoke about the Holy Spirit, as we spoke about the presence of God, we ask you, Lord, that you will open our eyes and our understanding to your presence. That you will once again fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand, Lord, that we're not followers based on our own efforts and our own trying. We're followers because of the work that Jesus did on the cross in the very presence of the Holy Spirit that came to make us a new creation, to make us into children of God, to make us, Lord, people that know and that are they are saved and walking in confidence in this earth with love and peace and hope. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. You know that what is missing many times in us is acknowledging and embracing and accepting your spirit. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will not be someone that we simply ignore. I pray that the Holy Spirit will, will not just be something that we talk about, some, someone that we read in scriptures, but the Holy Spirit will become our companion that the Holy Spirit will become our very helper, that the Holy Spirit will be our comforter, that he will be our advocate, that he, we will acknowledge his presence and be filled with him and enjoy the fruit of his presence in our hearts and lives. Lord, I pray that as we continue speaking about you in the coming weeks, Lord, reveal who you are to us once again. Help us to focus and embrace what the Word of God says about who you are. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. We ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to be singing. I've asked the worship team to sing this song that speaks about the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that as you close your eyes this morning, as you look into your life and how you've been living, if you acknowledge that 
There has been so much of you, but so little of God. So much of your own desires, but so little of what God really wants for you. There has been so many dreams and purposes that you want to accomplish, but so little of what God is so willing to do in your heart and life. As we sing this song, as we walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit, let us make these words our prayer. Even if you want to close your eyes, don't don't read the lyrics. In in your place, where you're seated, think about Him and ask Him inside your heart, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I want to be made anew. Holy Spirit, I want to be comforted by You. Holy Spirit, I want to be a new person. I'm tired of this person that I am. I want to be new. Come and do this work in me. Let us sing together.